You found the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders Live, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach, and I'm here with David Barton. He's America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim Barton, he's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders, and you. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you being a part of the program. Appreciate you being a person of action. If you haven't been up until this point, today is the day. If you have, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now is not the time to sit on the sidelines, so we're going to ask you to get involved, make a difference, give of your lives, your fortunes, and your sacred honor. Your life is your time, your fortunes, yes, that's your money, absolutely. Your sacred honor, honor, stand up, speak truth, stand for honor in your community. There's so much that you can do. Each and every one of us has a role to play, and we're asking you to participate in that. A couple of ways you can participate today, right there at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. Simply share the program with your friends and family. Just take the links and send them out. Then you can make a donation. Uh, that can be one time or monthly. It can be small. It can be big. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart, it helps to multiply this program and to amplify its voice and to get to more people and teach them truth and equip and inspire them. So God bless you for being a part of that. All right, David and Tim, later in the program, Vice Admiral William Lee will be with us. Uh, 36 years in the Coast Guard, incredible career. And, you know, we're going to be talking about what's going on with the military at this point, kind of where the future is. What do you say to kids that ask if, uh, you know, should they serve whenever the military has become so woke? And it's got all these problems. And, you know, it's an important, important subject for us to cover. And, of course, you guys have military members in the the Barton family. Um, I'm looking forward to this interview. I think it's going to give us some good perspective. I got to meet Admiral Lee just uh, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. It wasn't long. And I was in Virginia. And by the way, a little trivia for you guys. What is the largest city in Virginia? Or actually, what are the two largest cities in Virginia? Richmond. Richmond. Okay. I picked one. Fairfax. Fairfax? Yeah, that county. That's a county? Yeah. That's a county. Um, Can I look up cities in Virginia real quick? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no I know there's lines. Alexandria. I don't even know what cities are in Virginia. What's well, just south of D.C.? Is that Alexandria? Alexandria. Well, Richmond, you think, is definitely one. I, I, I just picked cities that I knew were in Virginia. Okay, here you go, guys. Here's the answer. The largest city in Virginia by far is Virginia Beach. Huh. No, okay. no, no, no. That's sand. That's a beach. That doesn't count. <laughs> no, you don't count the, the sands as a seizure. The second largest city in Virginia is Chesapeake. What? Bigger than Richmond by far. Wow. Blew me away. I had no clue. I would never have picked. Now, there's military communities in that, that area, you know, the Norfolk Naval, and there's Naval Air Station, Navy. But the largest city in Virginia is Virginia Beach, and the second largest city is Chesapeake. So I was speaking at the Chesapeake Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. And that's a very Christian community. Their leadership there, there were mayors from four or five or six local towns, Virginia Beach, elsewhere, and very open, very Christian, very outspoken about their faith. So while we were there, Admiral Lee was also part of the program. He, he prayed the prayer. Now, he's been in the military 36 years. He retired, I think, in 17. And his prayer was like, he and I talked a long time before the program started and after as well. And his story is just phenomenal. But the prayer he prayed, he got a standing ovation for prayer. I don't know when the last time was I heard a standing ovation or saw a standing ovation for prayer. And then he was telling me before the program started that back a few years earlier, he was at the at the Capitol for the National Day of Prayer, and he prayed after Greg Laurie had given just a phenomenal word. 
And that prayer actually just took off and went viral, went all over the United States. And here's this admiral praying with the strength and, and conviction that he did. And so I, I really liked Admiral Lee. He was a really fun guy. We had a great visit together. And he was sharing with me changes he saw in the military in his time, because he was in 36 years. He's a vice admiral. So he's really, really, really high up in the Coast Guard, one of their top officials. And he was just telling me as we went through the changes he saw and how faith is treated and, and the 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 way public faith is presented or allowed or disallowed or attacked. And it was just such a, a good conversation. I thought he'd be a really fun guy to have that conversation with publicly on what's happening with the military now because he has great perspective. Well, I definitely remember that that prayer you're referring to at the National Day of Prayer or the prayer breakfast, as, as the case was, uh, after Greg Laurie. I, I watched that uh, online, and it was incredible, um, unapologetic in his faith and outspoken and bold about Jesus. And it was special because you don't often see that, especially at that level and rank from the military. Uh, but certainly, there are Christians in the military and, and some incredibly strong Christians. Certainly, there are officers at a high level that are Christian, but you just don't see them in a lot of public settings where they're very outspoken about their faith. And that was something he was very bold about. And, you know, guys, we've we've talked often on the program over the past many years, at this point, many decades, however long this program has been going. Uh, but we've had guys in the programs like L- Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, guys that were forced out of the military because of their faith. We, we know that there's been a great deal of persecution on people of faith in the military and that's been at really all the branches. We've seen this on some level. Uh, hearing coming from a vice admiral, I, I'm very curious his perspective on the things he saw and maybe even how open he can be because that's sometimes, too, something we know that uh, sometimes military individuals can can be more open in a private closed-door conversation than sometimes they can on the radio. So I, I'm very curious what he's able to tell us and, and what all he will explain about some of what we've seen over the last decade or two in the military. Stay with us, folks. Admiral William Lee when we return on Wobblers. This is Tim Barton from Wobblers with another moment from American history. In the early 1700s, the Reverend John Wise preached that all men were created equal, that taxation without representation was tyranny, and that God's preferred form of government was the consent of the governed, all of which is language recognizable in the Declaration of Independence. Why? Because in 1772, the Sons of Liberty, led by founders such as Sam Adams and John Hancock, reprinted and distributed the Reverend Wise's sermons. So four years later, much of the Declaration reflected the language of those sermons by John Wise. In 1926, on the 150th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, President Calvin Coolidge affirmed the thoughts in the Declaration can very largely be traced back to what John Wise was saying. Few today know that the Declaration was so strongly influenced by the Reverend John Wise. For more information on this and other stories, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. Excited today to have Vice Admiral William Dean Lee, Admiral Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. You 36 years as a commissioned officer. Uh, you served all over the world, Atlantic, Pacific, Gulf Coast. Uh, you've done a lot, man. We appreciate your service, and we appreciate some time today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, David sure enjoyed being with you and, and uh, getting a chance to meet you and, and, and visit about all the different things going on. And I uh, just wanted to get your perspective, you know, as long as you served – 
and the perspective that you've got on really where we are with our military. And, and I mean, we've had so many people we've talked to that the religious liberty issue has become a real problem for them. And, and man, I have a lot of kids that come ask me, should I go serve? I'm worried about going in and being, you know, not having uh, the religious freedom that I thought I would have. There's a lot of questions out there. So wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, where do you think we are and what have you seen with the religious oppression in the military and, and whether or not uh, folks that go in and serve um, can can still you know have religious liberty in the military? Well, hey, that's a great question. So the, the question number one is uh, when parents uh, come to me and ask me to have a conversation with their children about the potentiality of, of serving in any of the six military services, uh, I highly encourage them to do so. And, and I... I you know, I, I tell them to pick that service which best fits their desires. I mean, you know, it's kind of like picking out a pair of blue jeans. Not everybody likes Levi's. Some people want Wranglers. And so same with a service. Um, now, that said, I joined, I was commissioned in 1981. And when I came in, uh, I didn't sense that there was any uh, any suppression of my ability to share my faith or not uh, in any way, shape, or form. The fact of the matter is I, I wasn't that spiritual when I came in. I got saved later in life, but, but nevertheless, I never felt like there was any suppression uh, if I wanted to openly talk about my faith. But when I left almost 36 years later, um, there was definitely a, a, a change. It was a sea change. Um, and it started largely under the Biden administration when, um, when other people, uh, perhaps some from nonprofits like the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, which sounds more like it's about freedom, but it's, it's frankly the opposite of that, uh, started coming at the government for, uh, men and women in, in the, in the service. And it didn't matter which one it was. They kind of started with the Air Force, but after that, uh, they would go after anybody who talked about their faith. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and if it if offended somebody, if somebody complained, then they, they tried to push it in the corner. That's how far we went in just 36 years. And what a, what a difference between the service that I left and the service I joined. And the service I joined was even far different than the service my father joined 40 years mm. earlier over. Would you say that's not just Coast Guard where you served, but across all the branches? Yes, that is true. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's any any much different than any of them. They all have the same policies. We kind of follow lockstep with whatever yeah. DOD po- these policy is. Over. And I just want to echo what you said. You know, to the first question about when kids come to you and ask, because you know I've talked to several generals say the same thing. So they say, Rick, listen, man, if our kids don't go in we're basically going to have a self-fulfilling prophecy here where the military right. becomes totally woke and we don't have good people in there to to turn it around. So it, it is vitally important for good young men and women to go in and, and serve. So what what about this whole, you know, just the last two years, this, this this almost like a purge in the military to say, if you don't get the jab, you're out. And and, and I realize, I mean, you, you give all kinds of vaccines in the military and that's part of the deal because you're going all over the world. Um, what, what do you, has that been different from other vaccines in the past, the way this one was handled? Well, yes, sir. I think it, it is. However, you know, in, in, in Ecclesiastes, they clearly say there's nothing new under the sun. It's all been seen yeah. before. I mean, we touched on it with the, 
with the anthrax vaccine a, a couple of decades ago. But, but nevertheless, we've gone down that same path again. And now we've forced upon our men and women in the service a vaccine that is not FDA approved in the same fashion we did the anthrax vaccine. Many of them did not want to take it for medical reasons. Many of them did not want to take it for religious reasons. Now, that said, I am, I'm vaxxed. I even took the booster. I'm a Christian. Uh, and I can't find anything in my faith tradition that says that I shouldn't take the vaccine. But that doesn't mean that, that, you know, me or the government should be the arbiter of another man or woman's faith. And if their spirit tells them, their faith tells them not to take it, then they have a First Amendment right to exercise that faith. And I think that has been denied them in this particular case. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and it's had a it's had a big impact, man. It's uh, probably been the, the the number one factor to cause uh, a lot of these young men and women to have have doubts about uh, about joining up. Um, you know, you you had mentioned something to to I don't remember if it was directly to David or, or in your prayer at the uh, at the event, but you know, he talked about how you were told at one time to to leave your faith at the door. Uh, what 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 is what does that mean, and and how did you respond to that? Well. I'll answer the second part first. Uh, I, I didn't leave my faith at the door. I, I brought it to work with me. I, I was very careful not to beat people over the head with it. But, you know, there's a lot of ways to exercise your faith in the, in the military and in, in the federal government writ large. Uh, and that is, you know, the exercise your faith, I think, the best practice is to just do it by your behavior, not by your words. And that's what I yeah. tried to do. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I didn't shy away from conversations if and when they needed to be had because a commanding officer uh, from time to time is going to have someone in their office who is hit bottom and they're still digging. And the only answer in your mind is you got to drag them there or, or not necessarily drag them, but you got to introduce them to what worked for you when you were in that place. And that's where I would bring in my faith into the workplace. But if that makes any sense over yeah, it's, I mean, how do you how do you advise or counsel or you know uh, build those relationships and leave out what has been the most important thing in your life and what got you through the tough times? How do you help them get to the t- through the tough times if you're not allowed to, right. to share those things? Yeah, yeah, vitally important. Well, what what where do you see us going, man? What what is right now? Uh, you know, when you look at, at at the way the world looks at the United States and and the state of our military, I mean, what are the things that you think we need to do as a nation? to restore, you know, the patriotism and the strength that uh, that we once had? <laughs> we need to get our arms around the culture that is dragging us down the, uh, down the drain, because I believe, morally speaking, that's where our nation is headed, if we haven't already gone down that tube. Um, and that's why I encourage men and women of faith uh, to join the military, to, to get those federal jobs, because if they don't, there will be nobody in there to stand fast and firm for those those Judeo-Christian values that our founding fathers put in place to keep, yeah. to make us what we are. I believe that that's what made us the most powerful nation on earth with the strongest economic engine. And uh, I believe if we go much further, if we haven't already gone too far, God is going to turn his back on us as we turn our back on him over. 
Well, couldn't agree more. I think you know you put your finger on it. That's the it, it's the it's the problem underneath that's been festering for decades. That everything else is just symptoms of this. Uh, you know that that lack of morality and and the biblical ignorance where we just don't know truth anymore. So we we buy the lie, and uh, so restoring that truth vitally important. And and it's in every area of the culture that that we need it. Um, man, so God bless you for standing up for you know as. As David said, for having the Christian backbone we desperately need in the, in the culture. And we appreciate you, man. Thank you for your service. Thanks for spending time with us today on Wall Builders. Well, thank you for having me. God bless you and your mission, my friend. God bless you, man. That's Vice Admiral Lee. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often, no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. This is David Barton with another moment from America's history. In the case Abinin v. Shemp, the Supreme Court ruled that the Bible could no longer be an independent textbook in public school curriculum. Would our founding fathers have agreed? Benjamin Rush certainly would have disagreed. Benjamin Rush was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and he was a leading educator of the day. In fact, he was the first founding father to call for free public schools. Benjamin Rush declared, The great enemy of the salvation of man, in my opinion, never invented a more effective means of extinguishing Christianity from the world than by persuading mankind that it was improper to read the Bible at schools. The Bible should be read in our schools in preference to all other books. In the view of founding father Benjamin Rush, the Bible was the textbook of preference for public schools. For more information on God's hand in American history, contact Wall Builders at 1-800-8-REBUILD. We're back here on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Admiral William Lee was our special guest. Appreciate him coming on with us as well. David and Tim, of course, I mean, you could tell in this guy's voice uh, that he loves the military. He loves the country and almost a grieving in his voice with what has happened to it. But he's also saying, you can't give up. This is not one of those institutions we can walk away from. We need to keep investing in this institution and keep influencing it. You know, in the interview, he was talking about how things changed in the Biden administration. He meant Obama administration because he left in 2017 and he saw the changes really dramatically in those last few years. And so he said Biden, but meant Obama. And, and I can I can agree with him. I look back to the Obama administration. There were so many things that happened then. Uh, he mentioned the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. That's Mikey Weinstein, who's an atheist, as he said, it started the Air Force. Mikey Weinstein started going after the, the, the Air Force Academy, had a lot of success. Mikey Weinstein actually bragged that he could call the Pentagon and get any religious activity shut down within an hour. And he could in the Obama administration. He, he could call and he could shut down virtually anything going on in any branch he found out about. And, and so it changed then. 
Um, another change was we've been giving out Bibles to military members in America since 1680. So this was a big deal, and it's in the Obama administration that Obama said we'll no longer allow any insignia of any branch to be placed on any Bible. We're not going to have that anymore. And so if you look at World War II, we had the insignias of the branches on the Bibles, and the president had a signed message inside every Bible. Guys, you got to read the Bible. Same with World War I. You had not only Woodrow Wilson, but John J. Pershing, uh, the, the commander of, of all the forces. And so you had all these Bibles for all these years, and these military Bibles given out, and that stopped under Obama. Um, under Obama, they also weaponized the, the Veterans Affairs Department. Uh, there were tables that were called the missing man table that would honor someone from World War II who didn't come home, and they would have things on the table uh, of various soldiers. And one of them was a Bible. They had a World War II Bible from the guy, and Obama administration said, nope, you can't have a Bible in the Veterans Administration. And, and even we're going after chapels in the Veterans Administration, voluntary chapels. So the Obama administration really did get hostile uh, and 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 they went after it. And, you know, I thought the statement he made, he said, what a difference between the service I left and the service I joined. So think about that. In the 36 years he was there, the way he went in under Reagan in 81, and the way he left 36 years later um, in, in 2017, at that would have been the start of Trump. He said, there's such a big difference. And then he made the comment, he said, and then there's such a big difference between what I left and what my father joined back in World War II. And you look back at what was going in World War II, and that's where you've got, uh, when we did the D-Day invasion, how did we announce D-Day invasion? FDR led a six-and-a-half-minute prayer for the whole nation, and, and that was what we were doing. I mean, and, and Patton says, look, we're not going to win Battle on the Bulge if we can't get our soldiers praying. It's just a different mentality. And so to, to have him express that over those 36 years, he's exactly right. Uh, the Obama administration is where things started changing, and now we're turning out law schools and officer cadet corps and other things that are very secular-minded, and that's just not healthy for the nation. It's also worth noting that there were issues under the, the George W.H. Bush administration as well, because uh, that's where Jerry Boykin had some of his trouble. So, I mean, sometimes even under Republican presidents, they, they would appoint leaders, have individuals at the Pentagon who weren't always great dealing with religious liberty, and it's only gotten worse. And, and even though... Uh, he arguably was referring to President Obama when he said Biden is the worst. You know, I, I, I can imagine at the end of four yeah. years, Biden might actually be the worst. Yeah. Uh, well, he, what, I think you can argue he literally is trying to purge the military right now of religious people because they're not given exemptions. Period. They're given less than one tenth of one percent exemptions uh, on, on religious conscience. And if you've got a religious conscience exemption, we want you out of the military is the position they're taking now. I think he's trying to purge the military of people who have a religious conscience. And I think you're right. It could arguably be the worst administration ever for religious liberty because you've got the legal protections. And if we can get these things in court, we're winning them. But he's just chasing out people by the tens of thousands that have religious conscience. Yeah. And, you know, this is something, too, where you look back at how much President Obama did to change and transform the military. You could almost ask the question, well, how much worse can it get? But then right to your point. Yeah. When when you look at at even some of these vaccine mandates and as he pointed out, he didn't have a conviction against the vaccine if you know, somebody has a Christian and that that's fine. But where he said he certainly recognizes that for some people it was a big deal and that he respects the right of the individual who had a conviction to not do it. That should be the position it is, because this is one of the fundamental rights and freedoms of the the very first amendment to the Constitution 
deals with the right of religious conscience. And, and, and obviously, for those listening, yes, I know it says that, that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We'll go back and do a deep dive into the founding fathers explaining the free exercise thereof and what that looks like. Go back and read their early state constitutions where virtually every single state constitution talked about the right of religious conscience. Go, go back and study this a little bit. And this is clearly what they are meaning by the freedom of religion was your ability to live according to the convictions you had so long as it did not involve violating someone else's right, right? If your conviction was, I believe in child sacrifice, no, because that violates the inalienable right to life of the other individual. But in this scenario, the right to not inject an experimental drug into your body, yeah, totally respect that right when there are no long-term studies because it hasn't been around long enough for there to be a long-term study. However, with that being said, I do think it'll be interesting to see how things maybe continue to change the challenges under President Biden. Dad, as you mentioned, there's so much good ground being won back. The challenge, I think, now is what he pointed out is if, if all the good people get out of the military, th- then you won't have the good people left in there. And Rick, as you mentioned, that becomes kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy that we're afraid the military is going so bad. Hey, everybody get out. The military is going bad. If everybody gets out, then only the bad people are left. And this is the challenge for some people that love America, that love the military, but they're undergoing really tough times right now for them to, I mean, this is really, it should be an area, not just concern, but of prayer, that God would strengthen the good people in the military, that they would not be discouraged, they would not be chased out, that God would expose the nonsense going on, and that God would give these good people favor and help them find advancement and promotion so that hopefully they can turn these things around. And not only do we need good people in the military, we need them to be willing to fight inside the military when they get there. We're winning these legal cases, but somebody's got to bring these legal cases. you got to have soldiers and sailors and airmen and others that are willing to say, hey, no, 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 I don't give up my right of religious conscience. I have a constitutional protection for that, including in the military, and I'm going to fight for that just like I'll fight for my country. I'll fight for the lives of other people, and that's where we're seeing the gains right now. So there's more attacks than we've seen in forever, but we're also having more victories, and that only comes when people get involved and then stand up after they get involved. And we do need good people in the military. We've got to have them there. And then when you get there, if they try to put you in a box that's not constitutional, you got to be willing to fight that. And that's what we're seeing happening. All right, folks, that's it for today. You can find out more at our website, wallbuilderslive.com, where you can also get the archives of the program and listen to any you've missed over the last few weeks or months. I challenge you to be a force multiplier. Take those shows and share them with your friends and family. Help us get the word out, get the truth out there, and equip and educate and inspire fellow citizens to save our constitutional republic. You know, another thing you can do on a regular basis is become a Constitution coach. Start hosting a biblical citizenship in modern America class right there in your home, in your living room. Bring people over. You'll have great fellowship. The videos, I promise you, will be encouraging. People will find hope, and they will find action items, things they can do to make a difference. I find that many people today, they realize there's something wrong. They realize the culture is crumbling. They're looking around going, okay, now what do I do to make a difference? And we have the answers. God's Word has all the answers for everything we're facing, and including the action steps, how we should act as the church, how we should act as, as believers. And that's what we teach in those courses. So I encourage you to become a coach today. You can do that at patriotacademy.com. Just sign up to be a coach. It's free, and we give away the classes for free. So your students get to take the class for free as well. It's a great opportunity to build camaraderie, to build community. Whether you host a class at your home or your church or wherever, we just encourage you to get a class going. Lots of things you can do. Make sure you get engaged, folks. Let's save this country. Thanks for listening to Wobblers Live.
done this. 